0: Hi there, and welcome to episode 9 of Cancer Hold My Beer. This one is going to be an interesting one, uh, so stay tuned. It's going to be great. Uh, so, we're going to start with our quote Her walk is like a shot of whiskey, neat and strong and full of purpose, and so many underestimate her punch. J.M. Storm. All right, so I'm going to give a little bit of a uh, history on my guest. Uh, Her name is Lori, and she is my sister. So by the time that I was born, uh, she had already graduated high school and moved out of the house. And by the time that I was four, she had had her first baby, a little boy. And then from there, she had three more children. So she had four in all. Uh, She had a husband. uh, And, you know, doing the basic family stuff, working, coming home, cooking dinner, all that fun stuff, you know. As a kid, I remember she would take us to the beach. uh, And I remember what beach it was, too, was uh, Nepawan Lake. So it was like, that was our lake. And, uh, it was a lot of fun, you know, just, you know, hanging out with my sister and we're having snacks and ice cream and French fries when they served French fries at the beach. You know what? That's the best. And then of course, as we got older and I got older and I got old enough to hit the clubs and everything, well then we'd go to clubs with my other sister, uh, Pauline, uh, which unfortunately she's no longer with us. Uh, she passed away a few years ago so yeah but anyways um yeah so it's like we'd hang out and you know go to the bars maybe like you know a couple of times you know here and there and uh we'd talk and stuff and uh then I moved to Toronto and then uh, we kind of lost touch and stuff and then I'd come home for visits and you know I'd see her once in a while but you know having a family of Four kids and now they're teenagers and everything, you know, gets pretty heavy and chaotic and stuff like that. So, you know, it's kind of like, you know, her family was first and that's just the type of person she is. She puts her family first and makes sure that everything, everyone's okay and uh, just wants the best for everybody. So then when I had moved back uh, to Sudbury uh, while I was pregnant... Uh, you know, we talked a few times and stuff like that. And then, uh, I had my baby and everything was good. And then, of course, you know, my life started to change and then I got married and stuff. So, I mean, now it was the flip side. So, it's like now I'm taking care of my family and, you know, now my, uh, relationship with my uh, siblings and stuff were, um, just on hold because it's like, I'm busy taking care of my family. But I mean, even though, um, you know, we, she had her family at one point and then I had my family at the other point. Uh, you always manage to get back to, um, you know, hanging out with your siblings and stuff. So it's, it's nice, you know, it's like, you know, that they're always there and, uh, that they'll be there forever at some point right but it's like they'll never like uh, abandon you so now um like a few years back she opened her own shop she has a pet grooming shop and uh, that keeps her busy and uh, she's doing really good so that's awesome uh now uh it was uh September 2020 when um I got the news, and uh, so now I'm going to let her talk about her experience.
1: Hello? Hello, can you hear me?
0: Yes, I can.
1: Perfect. This
0: is great. All right, so everybody, this is Lorraine, Laurie, my sister.
1: Yay! Mm -hmm.
0: So, she's here to tell her story about um, how cancer has affected her. So, I'm going to start with uh, some questions and uh, we'll just uh, talk and chat along the way. All right. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. So, question one uh, Describe what life before the diagnosis was like.
1: Oh, well. It was a happy life. I mean, I found the love of my life 28 years ago, but I was on a fast pace. Life was just passing me by. The most important thing was work, 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 work. Um, You know, just seeing my grandkids, stuff like that. But my focus was not on me. It was always on other people. Right. Right. So that's pretty much, that's how my life was. I mean, it, I came last. And that's not something that my family agreed with, but it's the way right. I was raised by our mother.
0: Yeah, we're all like on, that.
1: <laughs> yeah, she raises to think of ourselves last, not yes. first, you know. Yes. <laughs> so, I mean, that that's, I guess it runs in our family. So that's pretty much, uh, you know, um, I, I never really worried about my health because I always think of myself as super strong warrior nothing will break me no matter what age I am I work like a 20 year old and I'm 60 almost 65 so that's um you know and I never thought I would ever hit a wall yeah ever that's how it was before
0: and I think that was, like, totally, like, ingrained in us from our mother and our father. Oh,
1: my gosh. she. Worked. You know, that's
0: exactly what they
1: did, right? Mm-hmm. They both, both of them worked to the bone. I mean, mom raised all of us. And only when you were old enough did she go to work outside the home.
0: Exactly. Um, I remember when I was cleaning the bank. Yes. <laughs> go with yes. her.
1: <laughs> yeah. Every night had the CIBC downtown. And then when you were, when you were old enough uh, that you can stay home, she started working um, at the school, cleaning the school, but she loved to clean. I mean, mom was OCD cleaning. And I think some of us from the girls on in our family are like that. And some of them aren't. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm one that is so.
0: (laughs) Okay. So, uh, so as far
1: as work, um, what do you do? I'm a, I own my own dog grooming, uh, spa for dogs. Obviously okay. I've been doing that, uh, going on 17 years. Nice. I was a, a waitress for 35 years, um, working minimum wage and working my butt off for tips because I had to raise four children yeah um didn't I, like I said, uh, my the love of my life has been 28 years, but before that I had a very you know, a bad bad uh, a bad marriage, a di- very dismal type of marriage. Um, but luckily, um, someone looked after me and found me this man. <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah, so I work. I'm now only working four days a week. Even before I got diagnosed, I was working only four days a week because of my age. And I'm able to do that when you own your own uh, business and you're financially able to. But uh, there are long hours and it's a a very uh, physical job. Sorry, very physical job due to the fact that not every dog stands there and looks pretty and wants you to, you know, You get bit. You get spit on. There's lots of pee and poo going on. Oh, yeah. And and anal glands expelled in front of (laughs) you. But you know what? I wouldn't trade it for anything. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So that's that's pretty much about me. Okay.
0: So you're working, taking care of your family, taking care of the love of your life and enjoying your life. Yeah. Now... We're gonna get into uh, the part where you're about to get diagnosed. So, well, walk the, us the, through how the, it happened and how. Okay. Um,
1: well, in May of 2020, May 3rd to be exact, I woke up at four in the morning. It woke me up. I could I, I didn't know what was wrong with me. I felt like I was dying. I couldn't Mm -hmm. stand up. Everything was like on an angle. I was nauseous. I thought I was having a stroke. I had to wake up my husband and he got me to the hospital. I really thought I was dying. I've never felt that in my life. And I went to the emerge here in a little town of Espanola. And I was misdiagnosed. I was told I had vasovagal episode. Well, vasovagal is basically you pass out. I didn't pass out, and I explained that to them. But that's Mm -hmm. what they told me. They told me to go home and lay down for three days. I did that. Wasn't feeling good. I still was, I was, I was still, this is through the pandemic. So I was not working because groomers were not allowed to be working. Exactly, yeah. So finally, my doctor, I got a hold of my doctor, and uh, she said, that sounds like a sinusitis. Because what? The, the, what I was describing. And that's what it was, apparently, because I was getting vertigo, severe, severe vertigo caused what? by the sin, sinusitis. So I got the medication, felt a little better, but it came back. It kept mm-hmm. coming back, and I never felt right. So that's when I said, I need to go get my physical. Now, to backtrack a little bit, I had missed my physical the year before Mm
0: -hmm. which means
1: I didn't go for my mammogram right so when I went into the physical Mm -hmm. my doctor literally took my hand and slapped it and she said you missed your mammogram last year and she said you need to get on top of this and I made her a promise when I get in the car I will call the breast clinic, and I will make the appointment, which I did. Yeah. So they then, because of the pandemic, they don't do them as close together. You have to spread them out. So I didn't get in until, let me think here. Um, I think it was, I had my appointment, I think, on August 21st which I believe is a Friday. And, you know, my husband said, can I go, do you want me to go with you? I said, no, no, no. Make me a list for Smith's and all the goodies and what you want me to pick up and I'll get that done and I'll, I'll go for the mammogram before and get everything, all the errands done after. He says, okay. So I went, I come home, everything's fine. Mm-hmm. On Monday morning, that was a Friday, yeah. On Monday morning at nine thirty, I get a call from the breast clinic. We need to see you for more scans, and I'm thinking, okay, because they always warn you that they might call you for more scans. Yeah, but yeah, but in my case, they never had wow. in all the years of going. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay. So my husband said, oh, do you want me to go with you? I said no. Again, I'll make. I'll do all the errands. You stay here with we had a new puppy, so, you know, we you stay here with the dog and whatever. I get there and it wasn't I was expecting to go for the ma- uh, another mammogram. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't. They brought me right into the ultrasound room. Right. And I thought, "Okay, I'm thinking, okay, well, they can do that." Yeah, cuz you never know, that. right? Yeah, exactly. So the girl was very kind and they're very good there so she was chatting and then she went quiet I remember distinctly her going quiet and she stopped speaking and I also noticed that she was only doing the ultrasound on my left breast oh wow and I'm thinking but see I think to this day I think my brain was trying to protect me right because I was, I'm, I knew, like, I saw it happening in front of me, that she went, she went quiet, only doing one breast, and then she said, don't get dressed. The oh, radiologist, wow. The, the radiologist is coming to see you. And I'm thinking, okay, why is he coming to see me? Jesus. So I'm sitting there. She goes, don't get dressed. So I'm sitting on this table, the ultrasound table, because she told me to sit up. He comes in, and he says... I see you drove from Espanola. I'm Dr. So-and-so. He goes. I see you drove from Espanola. Did you, you did you drive here by yourself? I said, well, yeah, it's only 45 minutes. I'm a big girl. <laughs> you know, that's what I said to him. And he says, do you think you can get a ride home? And I looked at him and I said, did something happen to my car in the parking lot? That's what, that, that's what came out of my <laughs> mouth. And it's, in hindsight, it's kind of funny because yeah. again, I think my brain knew. Yeah. But it was not registering. Yeah. So he said, no. And he took my hand and he said, I'm sorry to tell you, but you have breast cancer. I oh, said, no. no, I don't. And I said, no, I don't. He said, yes, you do. I said, how do you know? You didn't do a biopsy. Like, yeah. I'm the doctor all of a sudden. You <laughs> <know>. <laughs> like, why would I say that to him? And he said, certain cancers, certain breast cancers are very distinctive in looks and shape. Wow. And yours is right there. Hmm. I went, oh. And I felt at that moment the floor falling from under me yeah and I couldn't I would never have stood up because I wouldn't have stood up I would I would have fallen over I believe yeah so he I said oh my gosh and he just patted me on the on the shoulders and he said we're gonna do the biopsy right here right now no first I asked him when are we doing the biopsy he said in about 10 minutes I said oh my god can I call my husband he says absolutely he said we've got to go and prepare everything so he says you just stay here call your husband and then came that phone call and you know chantal you know yeah that that moment that you have to say something to the person that your person he's your person yeah. that yeah. loves you more than anything you are his number one so yeah. i dialed the number and he first thing he says oh You're already done. Are you at (laughs) M&M's? And I I went, uh, uh, no. What's wrong? Um, uh, are you okay? Are you in an accident? Uh, No. What's wrong? I'm still at the hospital. How come? Um, apparently I have breast cancer. Oh my God. And then I heard the phone drop. Oh, my God. Like most people hear a mic drop. I heard the phone drop. Yeah. And I heard him. I heard him then um, take a deep breath. And yeah. I knew how he felt at that moment. And yeah. he said, I'll call Roxanne to pick you up. Don't right. worry. Yeah. And from there, Roxanne picked me up. Yeah. Well, her husband drove my vehicle, her son drove hers, and right. they drove me home, and he was waiting, my husband was waiting for me at the door. Mm-hmm. And then, 20 minutes later, the phone call came, and it was the hospital with an appointment for my surgeon six days later. Wow. I, everything, like, you went through, my yeah. experience was a totally different experience. Yeah. It was like the, the planets were aligned. Yes. And within seventeen days of diagnosis, I was in surgery. Wow. And my doctor, Dr. Batia, which you know. Yes. He's when my when Rob and I went into that appointment, we were very scared, mm-hmm. very nervous. Um but when we left the appointment, we felt like we won the lottery. Yes. We actually did a happy dance behind our vehicle. Yes.
0: He's an how, amazing doctor.
1: He's um, so wonderful. Like, yes. There's no, there's no other words to say. He's, he's kind, caring. That's what you want when you're told that your life is going to change. Yes. No matter yeah. if it's stage 1, stage 2, stage 3, stage 4, it doesn't matter. Your yeah. life will never be the same. You yeah. look at things differently. Yes. Yeah. You start to think yourself a little bit more, you know? Whether you then you feel guilty doing that. <laughs> you know. Yeah, like
0: I still feel guilty too cuz like I know what I've been through and I know what I'm yeah. I still have to go through, but it's like Yeah. The guilt kind of goes away after it's like I just slap myself in the face and it's like, dude, this Smart is your god. life.
1: Yeah, exactly. you are worth it. You are you're you know, and yeah. you don't want to hear people say, Oh my god, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. It's not what you want to hear, you want to hear you got this. and I tell and I tell everybody
0: my diagnosis was a blessing, yes, because yeah. a I'm still here, that's right, B. <laughs> I have now decided to live my life for mm-hmm. my purpose and not just to live it and exactly. not to survive through it. You, you got it. it. You I'm
1: going it. for it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then came, after the diagnosis came, because he took the bio, he took four good chunks. He asked, can I take an extra couple of ch- <laughs> Uh, so I said yeah and it's it's not painful but it's uncomfortable because you can feel it's weird it's can, so weird yeah. I know I had taken out of my bum but That's it's like oh it my god good. it's like these little alien little
0: spoon fingers just you know and yes you, you don't feel it but it's like you feel the tugging and as you're seeing you can feel the tugging and it's exactly. like oh my god this is a horror movie I'm watching <laughs> like, like, and you're in the movie <laughs> yeah exactly
1: I am the star well That's actually right. the horror are, but. but it's I'm I'm a little weird so the ultrasound is right there so they yeah. have to have it so they can see how because mine my tumor was pretty deep yeah so I'm watching as they're doing it yeah and then I'm going that's really weird and then, it is and then he shows me that he I can see my tumor he's well, yeah. it, it would look like a look like a hairy head Oh really? And it was bobbling. It was it was moving like with the wind, you know. Oh like, really? Yeah, oh, yeah. Goodness. It was pretty. It was really. Um, it was intense. That's all I can say. And yeah, no. then I qualified. Then they, then came the phone call. After they did the biopsy, then you're sitting on pins and needles to see what type of cancer you have, because there's so many different types of of like in your case of colon cancer, there's so many different types of breast cancer. And you don't want to hear the word invasive. No. Because (laughs) invasive means it's not where it's supposed to be. And I remember that morning, again, I'm at work. The phone rings and it's my doctor. Because she had called me when she found out I had, like she was told they know right away my family doctor. And she said, Do you want to hear it from your from Dr. Botsia on your appointment next week? Or do you want to hear it from me? I said, Well, I have a relationship with you. So if you find out before my appointment, I would gladly hear it from you first so I can prepare myself what type of cancer it is. So she called me at my job, and I'm so mm-hmm. I went in my lunchroom and I Prepared myself, and she said, "I'm sorry to say, she goes. It's not the news we wanted to hear, but right. it's invasive ductal carcinoma, wow.
0: which means
1: which means it should it's it's it should it's uh, cancer in the milk ducts, but oh, mine wow. came, came out of the milk ducts, so it's it's going in going into my breast all over, right? Yeah. So." that was that was another hit in the gut right you know? so then i go she, she i only got those results the day before the appointment with the surgeon and then like i said he made us feel what he's going to do you're going to be okay he told me right from the get go you're going to be fine right i yeah. can get this out and he said and he explained about um uh, all, all the pros and cons of taking the breast, not taking the breast, you know, right. and stuff. So I chose a lumpectomy. Right. Like he explained, if you take the breast, I can't replace the breast. But if I can get the cancer out and all the margins are clear, you'll still have your breast. Yeah. And then he said, if you don't feel comfortable with that in a year from now, I will go back and take your breast. So that's the path we chose. And it was, I say we, because my breast is my breast. Yes. But I feel like it's also my husband's breast. I don't mean that in a sexual way. I mean, I'm his person, right? You're a team. Yeah. And the other thing is when you have somebody who's by you through all of this, who stands by you, And I remember his first words for me when I walked in the house that day. He was waiting for me in the kitchen, and he first thing he did was hug me, and he said, "It's going to be okay. Yeah, breast or no breast, I'm not going anywhere." (laughs) Oh. So that resonated with me, right? It's so. Yeah. Unconditional. Yeah, and uh, you're right, unconditional love. So then. I had to make another phone call to him and tell him that it's invasive ductal carcinoma. Now, we still don't know the stage because, uh, again, some cancers, you don't know what stage it is until they remove the tumor. Exactly. And, you know, they don't know. Uh, so then we have to wait for the surgery. So now he's devastated of this invasive ductal carcinoma. Yeah. And... Uh, then I get a phone call a few days later after the after the doctor's after the surgeon appointment we get a phone call that um, on the fourteenth of September I'm getting my tumor my my cancer removed they're taking yeah. it out yeah nerve wracking very quick didn't have time to think about it
0: and but I quick chose quick is good
1: though quick, quick is good oh, <laughs> yes and then came the surgery which was. It was very, It's not that surgery was painful. What was painful was where they took, they took seven lymph nodes. yeah, And under the armpit, which is very, you wouldn't think it'd be that painful. You can't even lift your arm. No. So it was, uh, it was very, um, it was a life, <laughs> it was a learning curve in my life. It is. It's
0: like you're starting all over again. Yeah.
1: And then I lucked out because... Then we, get, then we get the results of stage and grade. Mm-hmm. And by now, it's the, Friday, uh, it's the Friday before the Thanksgiving long weekend. So I had the surgery on the 14th of September. They finally get all the results. And Dr. Batia's nurse chose to call me before the long weekend to give me some good news. Yeah, that's awesome. And she didn't want me to ponder on this the whole long weekend. Exactly. So she said, it's stage two, but grade one. And I said, okay. And I had done, of course, I did some Googling.
0: Yeah, you you did. did.
1: You know, you Google, you shouldn't, but you did. And um, so she said, you would never have felt a lump for about two more years, because grade one is very slow growing. And where it was located was very deep. I would never have felt when I'm showering or anything for, and in two years it probably without a mammogram or anything like that would probably been stage four. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I was lucky. Yeah. So now we have to, Now we know what it is. And then I get another phone call. I've got it now oncologist oncologist comes in to the picture They, I qualified for a, it's called, um, octo, octo DX test. They send your tumor to California. Okay. And the reason is because I was stage two and my lymph nodes were clear. That's good. Yeah. So that means no chemo. Just, well, I say just radiation, radiation. But she said, just to hit, just to make sure we dot all the I's and cross all the T's, let's you call this particular cancer qualifies for this test. And it's done in California. So they sent my tumor for a nice holiday in California. And they do this test to see will a little bit of chemo, a certain amount of chemo, give me a better outlook? Right. And it came back it wasn't going to make a difference okay so that's i don't need chemo yeah so now yeah. yeah so now we're going to go and do the radiation then and stars are aligned again i qualify for what they called. um hang on i have to think of the name here it is called hypo hypo fractionated radiation Okay. Now you know what your radiation looks like. You've been through it. Um, Yeah. It's like I needed 25 doses of radiation. Okay. With a booster. Right. But they did it in five days instead of 25 days.
0: Right. So you're getting. So I've got
1: it's hypofractionated, it's more intense. Right. But I don't have to go 20. I live, I don't live in Sudbury. I also try to run a business because I only took, I only took two weeks off of work through all of this. Wow. And in the dog grooming business, Christmas rush is the busiest time of year. Not that my business came first, but I have a hard time saying no to people. I do now. (laughs) (laughs) I no longer have a problem saying no, but... Last November, going into December, um, I, uh, you know, I had a hard time. So that worked out great for me. So I started radiation on the 16th of November, and I finished it on the 20th. Five days. Wow. Then came the brick wall. Oh, yes. I know that (laughs) brick wall very well. (laughs) During my Christmas rush where I'm doing 15 dogs a day. (laughs) just uh. but I knew I knew I had six weeks off coming because I don't work in January I never do so I focused myself on I'm gonna get this done and then I'll I'll crash my six weeks right and that's how it and like I said everything like my husband said the everything was lined up someone was looking out after me and I believe it's well, my my father, my my father that passed yes. away before I was born. I believe he's my guardian angel and I right. believe he was there with me through the whole yeah. enchilada.
0: And see, I believe in that stuff too. I totally believe that oh, you know you God. have somebody, you know, in the spirit form that is watching over you and helping you and, deal with whatever exactly. it is. Exactly. You and- do have a- And they know if you have a choice, whether you want to continue your life and stronger or if that's it for you, like you're done. So it's like Like they help you go through whatever you need to go through.
1: For sure. And like you were saying in your other podcast, it's when you hit that wall, you don't know where you're going to get the strength to even get up. Mm -hmm. And then through all of that, I'm still having this vertigo problem. Right. <laughs> yeah, Which, that's no fun. No, because my vertigo is a little different. It's not normal vertigo. It's right. getting up in the morning and going to yeah. bed at night. During the right. day, I manage my day. Right. So right. now I'm going for an MRI Yeah. Uh, for, for my head because I went to see the specialist. So we know it's not anything major, but we need to find out right. what it is. And exactly, that's, in order to treat it. Yeah. And I can't be angry at May 3rd of last year when, when I thought I was dying coming down the stairs because, but for feeling like that, that night and going to the hospital, being misdiagnosed, I would not have gone for my mammogram when I did and they would not have found it. So that night saved my life. There's a reason for everything. And that's why I've never allowed myself to feel woe is me over this breast cancer. And I know it sounds crazy, but I don't feel like I was, I don't even feel like my cancer is really anything. I know. And, And I look at what you went through and I think, oh my God, she was so far, like yours is a totally different situation. Yeah. And I look and I have so many clients that have had and have cancer and I feel for them, but yet it's almost like outside looking in. I, yes. I can't explain it. I think it's because I'm, I've been positive about it. Right. You know, I'm not letting it get me down. No. Um, I don't want pity. No. Um, I want people to know, go get a mammogram like women go get a mammogram for sure and like I explained to you earlier that friend of mine who's same age as me 65 years old and has never ever been for a mammogram because she's afraid of if they find something and um, I would rather know
0: (laughs) sooner than later
1: exactly
0: you know because because it's like you know, why would you want to find out when you start feeling sick and you go to the doctor and find mm-hmm. out that you only have three or four months left to live because of this? Exactly. You know, it's like either or you're still going to mm-hmm. have that shock and it's like, oh, my God, I have this or that. Mm-hmm. But it's at least if you catch it sooner, you can treat it and not have to worry about,
1: you know, your life ending. Exactly. And my life is not ending this no. is not who i am cancer is not who i am yeah. i beat the freaking thing right to the core uh, right. i don't like to swear but i beat the fuck out of it yeah and it's okay we well, we can spare. <laughs> yeah i knew that <laughs> <laughs> i beat the shit right out of it and i knew i would come out stronger um right. my daughter i only have one daughter and three boys but my Going back a little bit when I told my husband, then when I got home, the the second hardest phone call was to tell my children.
0: Exactly. And you know
1: how hard that is when you have to tell your family. And um, telling my daughter, not more so, but in a different, I felt different telling her because we have a very, very, very close relationship. And she was devastated. And the day I went into surgery she had her first mammogram and her doctor pushed the results to get the results the same day
0: because
1: I was in surgery. Yeah. She's a okay. She's fine. That's great. And because her mother had breast cancer, she's now getting, uh, she's now um, having to do a mammogram every year. She's 43. So she has, you know, she's entitled to that and yeah. um but my biggest thing is telling people get a mammogram get colon tests get get yeah. you know get any cancer that can be detected early get it done
0: yeah like i know like for the colonoscopies and stuff um they recommend after the age of 40 or 40 yeah. and above
1: mm-hmm. uh but exactly.
0: from what my surgeon dr casado said he's treated there was one patient he treated that was 25 years old that had colon cancer.
1: That's that's uh oh, it, doesn't
0: it doesn't discriminate
1: at all. No. You know, doesn't it's care like, if you're rich or no. poor or pretty or skinny or fat or not a nice person. It does not care.
0: No, cancer? and it's like, that's why, like, my kids are going to start at 25. Yeah, or they're going to Of course,
1: they, I'm not getting
0: yeah. to your 40 to find out that you're sick
1: well, because now they have a history, there's a history. Exactly. Now, and like you were saying, um, when we were chatting yesterday, um, you didn't even know that your father no. had colon cancer, but it was, That's you easy. know, Chantal, it was so late in his disease, yes. That. The, the doctors didn't want to put him through all the tests because he was literally had days to live. Exactly. Like, he, he was on kidney dialysis. That's right. And he crashed. Don't forget, the last dialysis, he crashed on the table.
0: Yeah. They had so, to
1: stop the dialysis. So, I they mean, weren't going to put him through anything. You know? Yeah.
0: Like found a tumor in his colon and they said yeah. it's more than likely cancer because it's like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be there. And it was, I think it was, even his was quite advanced too. So that could have been like a, like yeah. something to add to the list of and why he I mean, degraded he so a, He
1: had heart, operate. Yeah. I mean, he's, he had everything and anything. Yeah. And um, he suffered a lot the yeah, last he did. couple of weeks of his life. Really, really, really suffered a lot. Yeah. And uh, sadly, he passed away. And yeah. um, But you were quite, you were much younger then. So you yeah like that was, for a lot of it, yeah, know.
0: like um like when he had his first heart attack, I remember going to Elliot Lake and yeah. visiting in the hospital because he had had
1: a heart attack on the construction site I on think. construction site that's right at work, exactly. So, hard worker and he went you know he he worked to the bone, yes, yeah, like your he mothers' to the bone. Yeah. We're, we come from a family of very um hard workers,
0: yeah. <laughs> But that's good, though, because it's like, yeah. you know, yeah. I, I'm so happy to have had that opportunity to mm-hmm. be that way. It's like now I can pass that on to my kids.
1: Well, you know? like you were saying in one of your podcasts where you felt when you when you, you, you want to go do the um, you want to go to work, even though you were feeling the way you were. Yes, you, <laughs> you had to do it. Yeah, well, that's I had- how I felt with through I'm going through radiation yeah through the busiest where you start at seven a.m and you don't get home till ten PM Yeah five days a week I even though I don't work Fridays during Christmas I do and getting home and literally not eating and crashing on, on the couch at, or crashing in the bathtub because I'm so exhausted with this radiation. You know? And it yeah. didn't hit me the first two days. It's after. Oh, it is. Oh. oh, yeah. Oh, you oh. feel great. And it's like it's like a tease. Yeah. <laughs> and then and, and to this day, I still don't have my energy back. Right. Um, and they tell me that that's normal. Yes, it is. Because even though I feel my surgery was minor, <laughs> it wasn't right. apparently. No. Um Because, again, I think I'm stronger than what I really am. And I push myself until I hit a wall, yeah. and I think that again runs in our family. Yes, <laughs> like recovery. Recovery from
0: uh, radiation can take up to a year, maybe even sometimes
1: yeah. years, depending. That's what they tell me. That's what my two oncologists keep telling me. And of course, I'm on, I'm on tamoxifen, which mm-hmm. I read up on it before getting it, before being able, like before my doctor gave it to me. I knew that that's what they were going to give me. And I didn't like the side effects reading up on it. Right. But how Dr. Davidson and Dr. Batsia said, the, the downside of not taking it mm-hmm. is worse than taking it. Exactly. Because So up to 10 years, I'll probably have to take it. Now, those right. pills do drain me completely, and I have to take it every day. Yes. And it kind of, because my breast cancer was estrogen driven, right. which means I had too much estrogen in my body. Okay. And then I think back when I went into menopause. Now, when you go into your, you went into early menopause because of your uh, chemo, right? Yes. Okay. When I went into no- natural menopause, not from anything, like years ago, I chose mm-hmm. not to take any estrogen pills or... I Thank right. God. Because yes. here I am, I had too much estrogen in the first place. <laughs> right. So this pill keeps the estrogen away. Okay. It's like a blocker. Okay. And if I... And one quick thing a couple of weeks ago my husband mentioned I you barely eat you're never hungry you're tired and I I was snappy I was kind of raunchy that day and I just said well I can stop taking the pill get hungry you know and lose weight because I'm not hungry but I'm not losing any weight I'm gaining weight so (laughs) I can stop the pill eat lose weight and have energy but let's take a chance on <laughs> He didn't mean that the way it sounded. Is right. just it's frustrating for him because he's my cook. Right. So he makes me these wonderful meals, brings me lunch every day at work. Yeah. But he packs a lunch for a lumberjack. Right. <laughs> and how many times have I told him I can't eat that much? Yeah. Like, I mean, you've got all kinds of sweets in there. You've got
0: a sandwich.
1: He should open a restaurant, a luncheon (laughs) restaurant. He makes the bistro sandwiches. And so I'm sure it's frustrating for him that I come home with half the lunch, (laughs) more than half the lunch sometimes, and make the meals. I pick away at it and then I fall asleep on the couch. Yeah. You know, so I'm sure it's frustrating. Yeah. But um, he's understanding. Is just yeah. sometimes yeah. he, you know, it's a man. He they say the wrong thing at the wrong time, <laughs> like your 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 the episode where you were talking about the dishwasher with Pat. Yes. like learn how to do a dishwasher because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it'll never be done right unless you do it. Yeah, but at the same
0: no. time, like about like the how hungry we are. It's like. Oh. It's like, it's amazing how, like, the treatments, um, the cancer and all that, how it changes everything oh. about you. And that's including eating. It's, and it's like the taste of It's the, stuff. the most simplest thing, but it's like, you know, there's some things that they don't taste the same anymore. No. They or don't. the texture is really weird. Yeah. Exactly. Or it's, it won't go down. Like, it's well, like, I used to love French fries used to absolutely love French fries. When I was on chemo, I had a French fry and it was, I felt like I was eating dirt.
1: Well, don't forget Chantal when you get, I don't know about the chemo except for this very mild dose of chemo I take every day. But um, when you're on radiation, like you were saying, you're cooking yourself. Yeah. So that is bound to affect your sense of taste, your appetite, And you would think that I would lose weight with this cancer. I I gained weight. Mind you, this is through the pandemic. Yes. Where I sat at home for three and a half months because I couldn't go to work, you know. And uh, we watched more Netflix and um, programs that anybody should ever do in their lifetime. We did that for three and a half months because we didn't. We're seniors, so we didn't want to go anywhere. We're afraid, Right. right? And uh, vaccinations come. And um, one good thing about having cancer is they, they fast track you through your vaccinations. Mm-hmm. So then you feel more secure, right? Right. Because you're afraid that you'll catch anything from anyone.
0: Right. No, exactly. Like, I'm lucky I didn't catch anything. I'm not, I'm not vaccinated at all. Because um, you have a different
1: situation, though.
0: Exactly. So it's like, I don't want to risk because of, like, my current situation with That's right. um, That's nodules in my lungs that are inflamed. You don't want and... to do that. No, no, exactly. no, no, This is, like, a respiratory disease. So I don't exactly. want to put a respiratory disease purposely into my body and, like, no. things like, out of whack. So I'd rather just kind of stick with what I've got
1: right now. That's right. Exactly. Until they <laughs> find out what um, exactly. everything is and how it's going and what, they're, what the plan's going to be. You yeah. don't want to hinder on anything that no. might make you sicker, you know. But no. um, yeah, cancer's not fun. But you know what? There's no. some good things that come out of it. Um, it's, it's not the awesome things
0: that come out of it, but it's like it's things that you wouldn't think of otherwise. It just exactly. it changes the way you think about everything and yourself.
1: Everything. Well, like I said, you love yourself just a little bit more
0: exactly if and not
1: like you don't put up with bullshit from anyone no like i have never said no or stood up for myself more bef- than than now mm-hmm. i've come to terms with a lot of the, hey listen if you don't like it we'll go go there
0: <laughs> go
1: somewhere no, exactly,
0: else. exactly like this is this is what i'm doing this is my life i need to yeah. And I'm not going to sacrifice my family for it because they're number one on my That's list. That's right.
1: Than, oh, exactly. But everyone else can wait. That's right. It, like me, it's me, Rob, my animals, and my kids. And I, I say it in that order because don't forget, my kids are grown. They're yeah. all in their 40s. Well, Dave's 39, but, you know, they're all older. So my dogs are my children. So it's yeah. me, Rob. Dogs, cat, and then my kids and my grandkids (laughs) and you know extended family and stuff. But I do finally come first. Yeah, for the first time in my life.
0: And the people pleasing has gradually it's gone down. I I think I'm not quite at zero yet.
1: Oh, you never Uh, will be.
0: No, because you are
1: his daughter. (laughs) Yes. Yes, that's true. right yeah <laughs> it's but all it's, about making people happy <laughs>
0: but i make myself happy first that's right then i transmit it in other ways
1: exactly
0: it's, it's just an adapt like you adapt to how you do yeah, things
1: yeah yeah so I've, I've i've come full circle um i went from my my mammogram last week um a little nerve-wracking a little mm-hmm. nervous um you know, because the last mammogram didn't go as well. Exactly. You know? And um, so I go in there thinking, okay, we're going to do a mammogram. Which the girl who did the mammogram, I told her to her face she needs a raise. Because <laughs> it was the most beautiful mammogram I've ever had. Really? And, oh, that's and awesome. I've been going once a year since I was 40. Yeah. Except for the two years I missed. Yeah. And... Um, she did it differently and anybody out there who gets mammograms ask them to do it manually when they're putting the press the pressure because that's what hurts is when they do the pedals. Oh, he she did it manually, it was yeah. a game changer. It was Over. complete game changer. Same pressure cuz she's got digital in front of her where she can see the what pressure she's putting, but she's doing it manually the other way is these little petals on the floor and that's what presses so hard it hurts you and anybody Mm. with larger breasts like myself it's it's painful and I told her you need a raise (laughs) And, and then I felt good and then of course she said we might call you from you know the deal I says, I don't want to. Hear. This was a Tuesday. So I says, if I don't hear from you on Friday, I'm good to go. Because yeah. the last time it was done on a Friday and on Monday morning, I was called in. So I yeah. know how yeah. fast it can be. Yeah. Then yeah. they brought me into an ultrasound. They even did an ultrasound because I oh. had cancer. And yeah. The, yeah. then the words came. I'm going to see, see the radiologist and it was just so the radiologist can read the ultrasound right and then she came back and said everything's good oh that's awesome so that's awesome. i'm good i'm good and then now i go and see dr Botsya um in september nice um, for my my yearly with him and yeah. um, so th- are, did they order you like so with me, they ordered like
0: the specific blood work to like measure like disease in the body and all like the antibodies and stuff. I mean, through the surgeon, you mean? Well, like for me, because all my aftercare is done through my family doctor. Oh yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, like, did all like,
1: that. Yes, yes. Okay,
0: so it's like yeah. I had the like it's an extended kind of blood work. So right. when. Right. If it's from the family doctor, they have to do it on a separate form. It's not like a regular. Um... Well, I'm
1: actually, they haven't done that yet because I'm actually due for my yearly physical in September. Oh, okay. So when I go more than likely, that's probably what they're going to do. I know that I have to do some blood work. Maybe this is what you're talking about. I know I, there's blood work to be done before I go see my um, oncologist. Yes. Um, that's in um, October. Oh, okay. And um because I started don't forget I started radiation in November, so right. in mid October I go see Dr. Davidson and okay. um there's blood work to be done for that. Right. So that's probably what you're you're speaking about there. But yeah. uh yeah, I'm on top of everything yeah. and uh, I'm on top of the world actually. That's so- good. good.
0: <laughs> now, I'm going to backtrack a bit. Yep. Um so how like telling family members and stuff about having cancer and your diagnosis and that first impact. Um, I know what it's like to tell family members.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And then when I heard that you had cancer, I Mm -hmm. actually felt that I was on the other side. Oh, really? Like, so now it's like, I know what it's like to tell people. And then now I got that,
1: to hear that
0: somebody oh, told that, that my has. sister has cancer. That's right. It's like, it's, it's a totally different,
1: different thing. Yes. It's, it's not even because, the same because you're right. Because knowing you had the cancer is a totally different thing than hearing. I had cancer.
0: Cause I know how I'm going to deal with it. But That's when you right. hear your sister has cancer, you're blown away. And it's like, well, your this, how people felt. Them.
1: your heart but, breaks for them. Right. Exactly, And it's I, I felt exactly how people I was telling felt. That's right. And you see, so when like-, like when you were saying telling family, I think telling my daughter was, a, it was really traumatic. Telling yeah. my boys was a different level because yeah. they, they're men. Yeah. And it was, it was, I'm not going to lie. It was difficult. Then comes, because, This is our second, like Rob and I. It's our, we were previously married before both of us, right? So his children are like my stepkids. Then I have to contact my stepdaughter. Thank God she is, um, she works with cancer patients. Right. Okay. So she was a godsend because she, she came to see me a couple of days before going to see Dr. Batsia my appointment she had me write down certain questions she because she she deals with cancer every day right so she knows what to ask so I had a list typed up for Dr. Basia so telling her was one thing telling my stepson and his wife was a a different way every dealing with people differently I guess I should say because telling your husband relationships yeah, different relation Exactly. Um, and um, there's been a lot of... and Then, of course, close friends, clients coming in. And the, the, the love I felt from a lot, from most of them, um, was overwhelming, actually. Because um, don't forget, I do have almost 450 clients. So um, having that much care given to you, how mm-hmm. are you doing, you know... You know, it's almost overwhelming mm-hmm. where you don't want to talk about it. Like I'm done. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. But then there's right. also that 10% that <laughs> I'm going for radiation. I have to move your, those five days instead of 25 days, those five days, I have to move your dog to a different time. Right. In the afternoon. Cause I have radiation in the morning and don't forget, I have to drive to Sudbury. Yeah. Come back and then go to work. Yeah. I still worked those five yes. days. Yeah. I would have
0: never been able to do that. That's one thing I would well, have never been able to do. Yeah, I feel how I figured, radiation makes me feel.
1: Like I said, I'm that big, strong girl, right? I'm strong. No, Nothing is going to get me down, right? And then you get a client saying, well, I can't, I I don't want to move my appointment. I said, well, I don't want to have cancer. <laughs> That's how I said it. Yeah. Oh I forgot you have you had cancer that's right I yeah. said, well it's gone but I have to make sure it stays away so radiation exactly. is not my choice
0: No but it's, it's a priority
1: a priority it's And there's been a few. there's been a few clients that they their the haircut comes first yeah <laughs> Does't matter Lori you're tired What do you mean you worked 16 hours? My yeah. dog needs his nails done <laughs> you know so um when i said i've learned to say no yeah a lot yes and i i go around me i i like i said i'm number one simple as that yeah because i and that's the way it has to be again no and it has
0: to be that way Mm -hmm. exactly but Uh. uh
1: yeah i mean life goes on and um I don't wish it on anybody. I don't, the big no. C word, it's not something you want to hear. But when you said that, you're right. Hearing that somebody that you care about has cancer mm-hmm. is totally different than knowing you have cancer.
0: Exactly. Yeah, it is. It's a totally like and a total also, like
1: dream. Yeah, and also I believe that I made a conscious choice when I was diagnosed that I wasn't going to be that, That person with glass half empty, I was going to be the person glass half full, Mm -hmm. and I stayed true to that, because um, I look at it as, in your case, you are far way worse off than me. I know a lot of people that are, I look at it, they're way off compared to me. Mine, I... Not that it's minor, but I think I say the word my cancer was minor, which it isn't, but that's how I feel. I,
0: I don't think there's like a minor or major or worse or better. I think the stage itself was yeah. lower, yeah. so you had yeah. a higher yeah. rate of, of like success. feeling faster yeah. and better. Yeah, um, yeah. I think it's just the stages that are different. I think the disease itself is the same. I don't oh, see yeah. anybody oh, right. as worse yeah. or better. Yeah, I see it right. as. Dude, you've got cancer, but let's let's not dwell on the fact that this is going to kill us. Mm-hmm. Dwell on the fact that it's going to make us live. That's right. Yes. See? We have not- a second.
1: Yeah. And I think that's why I feel, that's how I, I mean, I can't help the way I felt. I mm-hmm. just feel, it's almost like I'm in, not in denial, but again, like I'll say it again, mine was minor. Not that it was minor, it wasn't, but I feel like it was minor. Yeah. Because life has gone on. It wasn't as advanced. That's right. And let's hope it stays that way. Yeah. You know, Um, there's also the other side of the coin where, um, again, because I have so many clients and so many, I hear so many stories. Um, uh, One of my good clients of 13 years. Um, she had the same, very same cancer I had, the very same, invasive ductal carcinoma, stage two, grade one, or grade two, hers was grade two, um, had it removed, everything was fine. She's on yeah. tamoxifen, okay. three years into tamoxifen, she's showering, she finds a lump in her other breast, oh. goes to, yeah, and she had just been to her yearly, uh, two months before, and they didn't find anything. Oh my God! So she finds this lump in her other breast. Right to the specialist. Right to the surgeon again. Um, she's stage four. How did it? Oh get my there? God! Yes, and it's what it is. It's it's a breast cancer, but it's um, non curable. Oh no! And she's got two to five years to live now. Her her surgeon, Doctor Batia's partner. Um, told her she's got patients that have lived 10 years with it so her she's a gift because she every day that she's alive Mm -hmm. is a gift and she's on a chemo every three weeks to keep her alive but it's a different type of chemo yeah and um the positivity of this woman is mind-blowing yeah and she actually went back to work wow She's every Like she said, for the first year, she's had it for a year now, um, right. she just dealt with all the stuff, and yeah. they ended up having, they weren't going to remove it because of how invasive it is, but they right. had no choice because of where it's located under your bra, you know where the wire of your bra is? Yeah, yeah. That's where it's located. Oh, my God. And very painful, you know, can't walk around bouncing around, so uh. they finally removed because it, it was very uncomfortable and painful. So they removed yeah. it. She feels better and she's back at work, part-time, but back yeah. at work. Yeah. And her positivity is infectious, just like yours, and um that's why I said when I got diagnosed, I wasn't going to be the whiny, no. oh, "I've got
0: cancer."
1: <laughs> yeah, like for no. myself, I don't I don't consider
0: myself a cancer patient. I don't consider myself a cancer survivor or whatever. I consider mm-hmm. myself a cancer warrior because I will yes. keep on fighting no matter what. That's Right. You know, Yeah, and Get that's the
1: why cancer Get the shit right out of it. Yeah. Get the shit right out of the it. It doesn't cancer.
0: even have, to, it doesn't stand a chance.
1: Yeah. Women are strong. That's all I can say. Women in general, uh, we, we, we focus, I think differently than men. And, um, and again, like I said, I, I'm just, I don't realize, I do realize I'm getting older, but my body knows it's getting older. My brain doesn't want to accept it. Mm. (laughs) So (laughs) I just, (laughs) so I try to act like I'm 20 and working like a 20 year old. Right. But, um, there's
0: nothing wrong with that. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that because I think when you start, uh, realizing how old you are, and you start acting that way, that's when you start to lose the motivation to yes. do
1: things. Well, that's right. That's why I took. I, I was supposed to retire this December, but the pandemic hit, mm-hmm. and I chose. I person. It was my personal choice to work one extra year, right, um, till December twenty twenty two. And I'll be 66 then. And I've been working since I was 14 and a half years old. So I think I put in my time. <laughs> <laughs> and don't forget, Chantal, at one point when I was married to you-know-who, I did work three jobs to support my children. Yes, I remember <laughs> that. I worked 80 hours a week to support because I didn't, I didn't have the... Um, I didn't get child support. <laughs> no. You can't get... You can't vlog. I draw blood from a stone no you know and money doesn't grow on trees so i had to step up put my big girl panties on and zip yeah. up my boots and go and get jobs yeah <laughs> to support my four children so and then i met rob uh in 90 early 94 and uh life changed from there you know
0: yeah. and it's been wonderful since
1: oh well there are days
0: (laughs) well yeah you know I know those days
1: he doesn't have a dishwasher to fill so he's okay (laughs) but they're good men yes they are and you you you, I'm happy that you finally found the per your person that's right for you oh yeah he's he's perfect in almost everywhere this will this and you guys are pretty new in your well not new in your relationship I mean five six years now but this can scare away your situation. My, that can scare away uh, men. Of you course. Know? You know, and I one quick story. I had a client years ago that had a double mastectomy. Mm-hmm. Uh, years, like I'm talking, maybe 13, 14 years ago. She's now passed away, but um, her husband left her because she had no breasts. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. And that's why backtracking a little bit when i came in the house the day of diagnosis rob said breast or no breast i'm not going anywhere right because he knew that story yeah and or whether he remembered or not i don't know but that was in the back it's not that it was in the back of my mind but i'm thinking what my husband's not going to want to look at me because that's that's, that it's part of you being a woman that's right. We're told. We're told as women that our breasts but are very really important. A,
0: even if it wasn't, like, if a man wasn't involved with me, it's still, that's part of me. That's it's part my of my body. Like, and I'm a woman.
1: Yeah. yeah like, I'm a woman. I'm what proud to be woman, who I am. What makes a woman is the breast. What, what man doesn't look at your breasts oh, when all you're walking down the street? I mean, breasts, it's not that they're important, but they seem to be very important to men. Yeah. <laughs> but it's you like. Know? And um, you know, I've never been one to flaunt my breasts, but then it was there. Came, there then came that time where, when you were talking in your last podcast about um, that that how everything shriveled up and everything, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. My hot well, that's dog. That's another part of dog, a woman. Hot dog our our vagina. vaginas are very. <laughs> they're a big part of our of our married life. Well yeah. And then and you were talking you and Pat were talking about his side of it where he was afraid to hurt you. That resonated with me because when my surgery was over, my husband was afraid to touch me. Yeah. He did not want to hurt me. That then shows again yeah. that that strength of the love, right? Yeah. That he felt for me and or feels for me <laughs> some days. <Yeah. laughs> But, um, yeah, so when I heard you and Pat talking, um, it reminded me of the way Rob is, because that's the extent of love, where she comes first, and just do your job, shut your mouth, and let her take her little fit (laughs) over a dishwasher, or the fact that he drank all the whiskey. Yeah,
0: well, that's... I I can't forgive him for that but (laughs) but anyway like there was like when when I went for my surgery I had to do all like the pre-op preparation stuff right? right so I had an appointment where I had to go see the ostomy nurse and she was explaining to me how the ostomy would work and stuff like that and like the whole like you know how men view us kind of thing It that kind of uh, relates to this too because she asked me a question she's like how does your husband feel about this oh okay I'm like, what do you mean what does he feel about it does it honestly does it really matter it does because I don't have a choice that's right like well you'd be surprised about how many people whether they're male or female the spouse of the person who is going to undergo this Mm-hmm. how they absolutely refuse to
1: want to have that in their life really well see like i like i mentioned that client of mine whose husband walked away from her yeah you know
0: and i was i was blown away because i'm like how do you do that to somebody that you love for god's
1: sakes they have cancer yeah some people aren't um like they don't that, have a well, choice that's when narcissism sociopath. Um, yeah. Narcissism more than anything, when they only think of themselves, like narcissists, what their thing is, they think of themselves. So if their wife or reverse their husband has cancer, it's not, oh my God, how's it gonna, I'm gonna lose this person I love. It's, how's that gonna affect me? That's how they think. How's my life gonna be? How's that's this right. gonna, that's oh, be- I'm not gonna deal with that. And you know, it's
0: like, but I couldn't believe my ears. I'm like, yeah. people to somebody that they uh, say they love so mm-hmm. I didn't even talk to Pat about this as far as like asking him Well, how do you feel if I have an ostomy bag you know yeah. no one I shouldn't have to well Chantelle
1: two- I'm going to tell you I have a client that has a bag and mm-hmm. she's had it since she she's 50 uh, something years old 55 I think and mm-hmm. she's had it since she was in her late 20s okay? right and I asked her bluntly one day, years ago, I asked her, I says, how does, because she's single, okay? Her husband died, and she's she she's got a lot of boyfriends, <laughs> to right. say the least. So I says, how does that affect you? She says, yeah. I've had the best sex of my life since I've had it. Yeah. I says, seriously? <laughs> she goes, yeah. She goes, some men can't accept it, like you were saying. She goes, but, you know, then you throw them to the curb. And, and says, exactly no. that's and that's exactly what I told the ostomy nurse. I said, if he's not
0: happy with it, he's getting kicked to the fucking curb. That's right. Because this is my, this is my life. This is I'm doing this so I can live. And if he doesn't well, accept, too bad and, for him.
1: And you've you've been very 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 lucky, because not everybody's as lucky as you to have a person like Pat, right? Oh, so I mean, count your blessings and keep them that, in your heart because oh yeah. I know what I've got. I know what the man I have. Um, anybody else? I don't know what they would have been if I would have been with somebody else, how they would have reacted to uh, a big chunk of the breast missing. It doesn't even, bo- it, he doesn't even think of it as gone. No. You know, and it doesn't look, because I have large breasts, so it doesn't look, I look at it sometimes when I'm out of the shower and I say, oh my God, it doesn't even look that bad. No. But the first few weeks... I, I did some crying on my own because it's part, like yeah. you were saying, part of your body, like part of my breath doesn't look like yeah. it did, you know. I was—I used to be proud of those girls. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. I mean, because that's you. Like, this is
0: part of you that, like, parts of my body are gone and I'll never get them back. Like losing a toe. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> a little bit but, different, but yeah. <laughs> but I think the difference is, is because now it's like, how I see it is, boys look at women as an object of yes. beauty. Men look at the soul as the real the men, real men. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like there's a big difference.
1: Yeah.
0: You have to make sure, to, like, you can have anybody you want, really. Yeah. But yeah. sometimes the person that is not what you figure you're going to get is actually the person for you.
1: Well, This any type of cancer will definitely test the type of relationship you have with your spouse. Oh yes, and um, have you ever thought of what situation and what the situation would have been had you still been with your first husband, getting diagnosed with this? Same situation, but different person. Oh no, I wouldn't have even survived. See, same here, Um, because you you know what he was like, and. Had I been with him, instead of Rob, still married to him, he'd be that guy I was just telling. Mm-hmm. Oh, you you've got this. You'd, he'd be out the door. Yeah, you know. So there's a reason why things happen in our life, and you just have to take them as lesson lessons learned. Yeah. Um, and uh, you need to you need to take every day as a gift, mm-hmm. whether you want to or not. <laughs> Hey, you know what? You up in the morning, whether it's in a bad mood or a good mood, you woke up. Yeah. And like I said, the the morning, I have a very difficult time. That's like when I said I had no energy. I'm the type for most of my adult life, I only need about six hours, maybe six hours of sleep is all I really need. I'd get up, go to bed at two in the morning, get up at six, you know what I mean? Get up at seven. I'm good to go. Yeah, that's my life. And then on weekends, I'd sleep till nine. Well, since this, I try to stay up, but I fall asleep on the couch. But if I go to bed at 10 o'clock at night, Rob thinks there's something wrong with me, because why Mm. am I in bed? (laughs) Yeah, he goes to bed early. And I'll get up at seven, Mm -hmm. from 10 to seven. And I still feel like I haven't slept. Right. And I'm good for the day, I manage, because it's a very physical job, but I'm drained. I hit that wall by about 7 o'clock at night, and th- again, we were talking, it, it's, it takes a long time for the body to replenish itself, because it's healing from the surgery, it's healing from radiation being cooked from the inside out.
0: Uh, I'm at almost two years since my radiation. Let's say a little bit more. Off. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you, it does get better.
1: It does, eh? Because I'm telling you, it's going. About, we're at August, September. I'm at nine months. Yeah. So and, give uh, about another six to eight months,
0: and yeah. you're gonna start feeling. Well,
1: oh, that's it. Six better. to eight months. Wow. Okay.
0: <laughs> I'm. I get. I get up. Like I wake up at four o'clock in the morning.
1: Oh, God, I can't wait for that.
0: (laughs) I I roll out of bed at about 4.30, quarter to 5 on my gym day. And then at about 6 o'clock is when I start, like, actually. Is that I don't go to the gym? Like, on gym days, I'm at the gym at 5.30.
1: Good for you. You know what? You, when you say warrior, that word is said so easily. But you are the true meaning of that word. Because what I mean, everything that you're still going through, yeah, and you're lacing those roller skates back up, mm-hmm. going back. And you know, when I, I don't know if you knew this because you're so much younger than I am, but when I was a teenager, I was a roller. Still skating. there? Yeah, I'm still here. Can you hear me? Hello. Hello Oh hang on. Can you hear me? Yeah, I think it shut off on its own. Can you hear me? Hello. Chateau? Yeah. Can okay. you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Rob, I need. Yeah, I'm just, yeah, I'm just finishing back. Rob. Oh, oh. Okay, hang on. He's going to leave there. Just to... a <laughs> He's on the phone. <laughs> He's on his phone. Hi, because... Rob. <laughs> Hi. i
0: have a live podcast. Can I you about <laughs>
1: <laughs> Okay. I was saying, I think when I lost you, when I think of your, your roller derby and all that, when yeah. I, w- you were, you weren't even born then. I remember there was an, I used to roller skate all the time.
0: Yes. I used to go to the
1: arena three days a week um, at the Sudbury Arena in the summertime. Loved it, loved it, loved it before I bought my own skates. And I wanted, because the roller derby was on TV at the time. Yeah. I wanted to be in roller derby so freaking bad. Skinny Minnie Miller was on. That was her name. Skinny Love skinny mini. <laughs> yeah, so that those in the days in the seventies, like early yeah. early seventies, um, and mom said that's too. Dick. And there was a, you can go to Toronto to learn because they didn't have anything like that in Sudbury, right? No, and mom well, that was a, a hard no. It was a yeah. hard no but I continued roller skating and even when I had my kids when roller country opened yeah and I, I would go twi- twice a week I was there yeah. learned how to learned how to dance on my skates I mean it was just and all my kids had their own skates I bought them all roller skates and every Sunday we used to go there and but I think of how you are following the path that I so dreamed of having uh uh-huh. Uh, this whole body could never do it, <laughs> but at least you took the reins, you know, and um, I think that's amazing that you're going back to that, because yeah. what your body was put through, and to go back into training, because that's a hardcore, that's a hardcore sport. Okay? It is,
0: it is. That it's not for the lighthearted, that's for sure.
1: No, and for you to be able to go back to train to you know, work out again and get those leg muscles going and your upper body. Um oh, I bow down to you. I mean good lord. I'd love to see it in action. (laughs) Oh, you will.
0: I mean I plan on like playing like I don't know like how the league is happening like or what's happening with the league here in Sudbury. Right. Um, if they're not going to be, um, starting up again for next year, uh-huh. then I'm going to find another league to play in. Yeah.
1: Because I like, been I, out I, of the loop for what, two years now, right?
0: Uh, a little bit more because I, like we had one of our girls from my second league that I joined, unfortunately she passed away. She was actually, uh, murdered in her house. Ah, <gasps> yeah. So it's not, um, like after that the league just kind of dissolved and oh, okay yes we all went our separate ways and we just couldn't do it and that was in two i want to say 2014 maybe it was oh. 2013 because oh, it was over oh. when she passed away so it might have yeah. been thir- 13 or 14 that she passed well
1: away. you know what if that you know worst case scenario you find it too hard then you'll know you know your body Yeah, But the fact that you want to go back is, to me, um, a really great thing. Mm -hmm. I think it's wonderful.
0: It's my passion. Like, I love, I absolutely love doing it. It's just so much
1: fun, and it's like,
0: it's it's
1: the therapy that I need. See, with me, it's not, I don't need exercise for it. It's gardening. Yeah. I just have to learn to bend down and head deadhead all the plants and dig. I love digging holes, love it, and move like move thirteen or fourteen different things every season to move to different areas. That does better. That's my passion. Yeah. Is I can spend hours in a garden. Just hours. Mm -hmm. Just love it. Like not vegetable gardens, just um, flower garden. I just love my two gardens I love it you know but everybody has their thing that keeps them focused and uh, that's yours and this is mine and I don't need to yeah. go and try for it
0: I started a whole campaign for it too so hopefully it takes off and
1: uh, well good for I, you yeah I saw it yeah. on your Facebook that's amazing yeah. if people want to go back to it because I mean you you know you're a, a shining light and they see that it's possible anything's possible right
0: It's, um, it's all in what you want. Like if there's something like desperately that you want to follow and you don't think you can, whether you're sick or
1: not, Mm -hmm. just do it, take yourself out of comfort zone and just go do it. And I think that's the problem people have if they're in a, they're in a comfortable space and they don't like, uh, they don't like change. No. And and it's it's uncomfortable emotionally for them to do something that they're not used to doing. Um, But once they do it, they go, oh, that's not so bad. You know, it could be. To me, you only fail if you don't try. That's right. Exactly. And like you were saying earlier. It changed what what you went through, what I went through and anybody else with cancer. um, You're. What's the worst-case scenario? You, like you said, you fail, you fail. But you see life in a whole new perspective. So many unopened doors yet to open. You know what exactly. I mean? So, to, to yeah. start
0: following what you want to do, you may not end up doing exactly what you're going to plan on do, but yeah. you may discover something else along the road.
1: Exactly.
0: It's a full it's path of rediscovery. Yeah. So... Yeah. Take advantage yeah. of it. Take advantage of well, you know, everything.
1: You know, mom, mom was one of those people who was afraid of change.
0: Yes. She was,
1: <laughs> she remember when she, when Mark had to go find her a VCR and it wasn't the oh same. Oh my God, yes. VCR. Because it didn't have the same buttons. Yeah. <laughs> she was completely lost. She was so frustrated. <laughs> she like, I can't learn this. This doesn't have the same buttons. Yeah, oh yeah. She wanted things, but they don't make that they technology change. is just, Oh God. I, I think I miss her so much. It's not even funny, but uh, yeah. So, I mean, some people can't handle change and she was one of them in many yeah. ways. Didn't yeah. like to change anything in her house. Don't move oh. that off the counter. Oh my God. Don't move that spoon. <laughs> Little things eh? you think of the little things after the person's gone, yeah. But uh, yeah, so there you go, that's our story, and we're sticking to so it. So, before we go, mm-hmm. um, any words of advice
0: other than what we've talked about, um, like earlier? There, yeah, early um, detection. Any, any other things that you can um, think of would, that would help?
1: I think. No matter what, don't put your head in the sand. It's more important, like we said, that. But if you do get a diagnosis, no matter what diagnosis, take a deep breath and one day at a time, one step at a time, a moment at a time. And don't be afraid to lean on anyone (laughs) because most Well, all your family and most of your friends will be there for you. And that's about the best advice that I could give because God, I don't believe God gives you more than you can handle. Exactly. Right. And I don't know if this was a test. I don't believe in tests. I believe that we're on this earth for a reason. I always wondered why I was here because as you know, my story, I, I mean, I barely made it here. My dad died nine months less a day before I was born. Right. So right. I I always wondered as a child why I was here. Mm-hmm. And I still question why, but I think it's because I, I'm here to make people happy and make dogs look pretty. <laughs> <laughs> if that makes any sense. I mean yes. that's a I'm joking about it, but I think I am here to give life to my kids, my grandkids, mm-hmm. my future great grandchildren you know but uh, yeah that's about the best advice I can give somebody is take a deep breath yeah and I can't say don't panic because you will oh yeah a step at a time one moment at a time yeah and don't overload your brain with googling <laughs> No because Dr. it's no. never good no it's never ever good never it never yeah. will come out properly because you can Google something and you're, you might as well put your nail in the coffin, you know. Exactly. So, yeah. But that's, uh yeah, that's about the best advice I can give anybody who's going to be diagnosed. And we already talked about um, early detection right. on many cancers, you know. So that's about it.
0: Yeah. Because uh, regular checkups and... Yep regular testing yeah whether you're sick or you feel not or you feel out of sorts or whatever yeah just but you know what like I tell people I'm like you know what having something the size of a garden hose shoved up your butt not fun and you know having something go through your intestines like a snake is not the most enjoyable experience and I don't recommend it as a first date but no. it's better than having a tumor and having it removed and having your whole body resectioned and that's put right. back together and but then having to go through yeah. chemo and radiation. I'd yeah. have- rather have own colonoscopy personally.
1: And, and I think that's why I'm glad you're doing this podcast and spreading the news because um, people are afraid of what if, what if, mm-hmm. but you need to be proactive yeah. in trying not to get where you are yeah, or you don't, where you've been. Where you've been. <laughs> you don't want your what ifs to become what that's the fuck. Right. Yeah, that's right, and that's why I try to tell. Like I said, that one friend of mine, well, the client of mine, who's same age as me, she's just. But I can't talk she. It just won't resonate with her. She's just yeah. so afraid to find out anything. Well, then if you wait too long, there's nothing they can do, right? Exactly. Or it, or or they can, but it won't be the same outcome as mine exactly like I said I take it a day at a time yeah and every day I do what I feel like doing and if people don't like what I'm doing then you know go fuck yourself
0: oh exactly exactly (laughs) this is about it this is your life and you have to live it the way that you need to live it and it's not about just want anymore there's certain things you need to do and that's right
1: yeah and like I said uh People will do what they want to do and um, all you can do on that side is spread the word Word, and um, you're doing a great job of that. Oh, thank you. You know, as long as the more people that hear it will then mm-hmm. share it. Yes. Share. Well, you know how sharing goes, yes. it, uh, especially on, on, on certain uh, like Facebook and all that. The whole world will know. Sharing yeah. is caring. That's all. Oh what teddy bear was that not a cartoon as a hair bear i think as it's a character isn't it sharing is caring, there is we go. caring. <laughs> well it's been a slice yeah it has i loved it yeah longer yeah. than we expected
0: oh it's all good people can pause yeah. it listen to as it whenever edit,
1: edit rob out <laughs> <laughs> when he got his phone when he got his phone call <laughs> Oh that's funny. But uh yeah, so um yeah, and I'm I'm anxious to hear the rest of all your podcasts. I don't know how long you're going to do it for, but uh, um, after this work. one after this one
0: I have five more and then oh, I'm there's season 2 next year.
1: That's well yeah because there's so much more, right? Yeah, cuz it's but...
0: um I'm taking a break because I have other projects that I'm working on. Right. Yeah. So I need well, to give
1: those projects uh to some time so yeah, there's only so many hours in a day
0: and well exactly yeah i need and to the sleep.
1: dishwasher has to be loaded so <laughs> 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 that one made me laugh that's like yeah. the first episode made me cry yeah but the last one was a totally different energy yeah because it made me laugh seeing yeah. it through his eyes and yeah. the first one the frustration you felt, and
0: yeah. made,
1: it, it, I was crying. I mean, I just couldn't help but cry. You know, yeah. I just wanted to go and hug that girl who was in that emergency room. Yeah. You know? But uh, yeah, so just keep up the good work, and we will talk to you soon. And uh, right. we'll go for lunch when uh, when I feel safe enough to go in restaurants. All right. <laughs> and you as well. All right. All right. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.
0: Well, that was a blast. I loved every minute of it. It was so much fun. Um, So now our message basically is get your physicals done. Get your blood work done. Get the testing done regular checkups, because you never, ever know. Get the recommended testing, colonoscopies, mammograms, um, the works, whatever it is that your doctor recommends you get at whatever age you are. Even get it done sooner than what the recommended age is, because you never know. Unfortunately, what's happening now is what I'm seeing, is the younger generation so like you know our children so our children between the ages of like 20 to 30 don't aren't thinking about this kind of stuff because it's almost like they have this um this mindset of well you know I'm too busy or you know I don't want to or I don't have to I'm fine I'm not sick but you don't know You absolutely have no idea. So like, you know, sometimes when you wake up in the morning, you feel like shit and it's like, ah, wow, you know, but if you constantly feel like shit and you're still telling yourself, oh, it's because I'm working too hard or whatever, it may not be that. So that's why your regular physicals are important. Go to the doctor. Keep up with your health. You know what? Colonoscopies are not fun, but having an ass tumor is not fun either uh mammogram is far from being fun they flatten your boob like a fucking pancake let me tell you and it hurts no not fun but having a tumor in your breast and having it removed is way worse having the chemo is a lot worse having the radiation is a lot worse and when it ends it doesn't end you're done radiation you're done chemo you are not done With all the after effects. It takes years for that to go away. Do not wait for that to be your outcome. Be proactive instead of reactive. So with that, I'm going to say goodbye. Good night. I hope all of you have enjoyed listening to this episode. As much as I had the enjoyment of actually doing it. So be safe. And live your life to the fullest. Bye for now.